You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Podcast. Well, good morning. What a privilege to be able to worship with you, not only on a gorgeous day in North Carolina, but end this uh, Christmas season. Today we are in the second week of our Christmas series as we are talking about the reality of who Jesus is for us is for us today. The reality of of what that means. Certainly there was a miracle that happened some 2,000 years ago as Jesus, the promised Messiah, was miraculously born. It's what we celebrate in this Christmas season. But what happened on that specific day, the day of Christ's advent, has forever changed the course of humanity. So what happened in Bethlehem years ago means this. It means we have hope and help for our lives today. Isn't that good news? Can any man on that? Well, last week we talked about Jesus Christ as our wonderful counselor, the one who brings comfort and rest, the one who guides us with supernatural wisdom, the one who is our advocate. And today we want to talk about how Jesus is our mighty God and what that means for us as we're processing life, as we're just kind of processing through the day-to-day realities of what we experience in life. Because God is not just all might or all power. Um, certainly that's true. God is all might and, and all power. But the wonder of the miracle, the wonder and the miracle of the Christmas season is that Jesus chose to bring his might and power to us as we're living out our lives here on earth. God chose to manifest that of his power through his son who was born of the virgin there in the town of Bethlehem. Well, just to get a, a small idea of God's might and power, I want us just for a moment to consider our universe. Now, what I'm about to share with you is like mind-boggling. It's, it's literally beyond human comprehension. As I was typing this out, I thought, wow, this is a whole lot more than I even understand. As we think about the universe, as we think about um, what, what Jesus himself spoke into existence, we live on one of nine planets that revolve around the sun. How many of you remember that from school? Yeah, one of nine planets uh, re- revolving around the sun. As the dominant light of our solar system, our sun gives off far more energy in a second than all mankind has produced since the beginning of creation. Pretty amazing. With a diameter of approximately 860,000 miles, the sun could hold one million planets the size of Earth within its sphere. Yet our sun is only an average-sized star. Our sun is just one among 100 billion stars in our galaxy, which is the Milky Way. The pistol star, which is also in the, the Milky Way galaxy, gives off 10 million times the power generated by our sun And one million stars the size of our sun could actually fit within its sphere. It takes 100,000 light years to travel from one side of the Milky Way galaxy to the other. And one light year is 5.88 trillion miles, or the distance light travels in one year. And what's interesting, our Milky Way galaxy is really not a huge galaxy, according to scientists. One of our neighboring galaxies, the Andromeda Spiral Galaxy, is 2 million light years away and contains about 4 billion stars. No one one knows how many galaxies there are in the universe, but scientists estimate there are billions of them. Now, Now, this is all beyond what we can even get our minds around. It's too great to comprehend. But the prophet Isaiah wrote these words. Listen to this. 
Look up to the heavens. Who created all of the stars? He brings them out one after another, calling each by its name. He counts them to see that none are lost or have strayed away. Amazing. You know, scientists today estimate that there's 10 billion trillion stars in the universe. Think about it. 10 billion trillion stars. Or about as many stars as there are grains of sand on all our planet's seashores. Interesting, scientists say if, if all the stars were divided equally among people of the world, each person would receive almost 2 million stars. Think about that. Yet with the unfathomable vastness of our universe, Jesus, the Son of God, spoke and the heavens came into existence. Think about that. All that I just tried to give some understanding to, Jesus spoke and everything was created out of nothing. Talk about might. Talk about power. The Bible clearly states that Christ displayed his might by creating the world before he physically entered it. In John 1, 3, the scripture says, all things were made through him and without him nothing was made. Colossians 1, 16 says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created for him and through him. So Christ's display of might and creation distinguishes him from mere humans. Like we have the ability to make things, but we have to have like raw material to create things. You can create something, but you take other things to create something. Here's the difference between us and Jesus. He creates out of nothing. Again, he spoke and the galaxies came into existence. So it takes divine might to truly, to truly create. Jesus demonstrated that power in the most profound way as he set, as he set the universe into motion. And that's just one illustration, one illustration of his power and might. And I think Christmas, Christmas is the miracle of Jesus coming to bring his might and power to be with us, to make his power available to us. It was might and power that became flesh and blood as Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So Jesus is more than a, a baby that was born. He was the son of God in flesh and blood. Jesus was fully God who became like us so that he could save us. In John 1.14, Jesus, John 1.14, Jesus reveals, or Jesus is revealed in the gospel as the one who moved into the neighborhood. Listen as I read this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory. The one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. With the miracle of the incarnation. The miracle of Jesus becoming flesh and blood. This is what happened. All power moved into the neighborhood. All power became available to us. The mighty God came to be with us. I mean, if you were, if you were building a new home, you had a lot, a vacant lot, and you began the process of building a new home, one of the things you would do in that process is you would call the electric company, you would call either Duke Power or Energy United. You would give them the address of the location where you wanted power brought to, and they would run electrical power to the lot for your home. At some point in the process of the building of your home, the contractors would connect 
the electric power source provided by the power company to your house, and you would have then power to run like refrigerator, air conditioner, like you would have all the power you would need for your house to function. And they brought power to your house. Well, if we can think of it like this, when Jesus Christ was born, he brought power to our house. Isn't that exciting? I mean, to think about that, more than a baby born in Bethlehem, more than just a day that, that we would celebrate. Obviously, Christmas is the day that we acknowledge that we celebrate the birth of the Messiah, the birth of the promised Redeemer. But so much more than just a day, Christmas is, again, it's, it's, it's power. The might and the power of God coming into our world, coming to our house. So what we celebrate at Christmas is more than an event. It's God coming to our world to make His presence, His power, and His provision available to us. We have, get this, we have mighty God with us to help us. So let's read what Isaiah wrote as he was prophetically writing of the coming of the promised Messiah. As he was speaking 600 years before the birth of Jesus, he was revealing through these names not only who Jesus would be, but what he would come to do, what he would come to make available for you and I. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it's on the screen. We read it last week, but let's read it again this morning. Would you read it with me? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Isaiah reveals that Jesus would be Mighty God. This name is a compound Hebrew title, El Gabor. Would you say that with me this morning? El Gabor. Let's say it again. El Gabor. You can speak Hebrew now. El Gabor. Jesus would be the mighty God, the El Gabor. El, the first part of this compound name, El is a singular form of Elohim. How God is referred to, how God is spoken of, how God is revealed throughout the Old Testament, He is Elohim. So we have the singular form El, and then we have Gabor. Gabor means strength, power, hero. To in a world where heroes are often determined by athletic ability and personal talent or, or financial power, we're told that the only one truly worthy to be called a hero is the one whose might is unparalleled. Maybe you will recall there's a, there's a worship song that we sing. That, 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 uh, one of the lines, I'm not, I'm not going to sing it for you this morning. My throat's a little rough. But there's a line in the song that says, O hero of heaven who's conquered the grave. O El Gabor, O hero of heaven, who revealed your mind, who conquered the grave, that we might have life. The focus of Isaiah's prophecy is El Gabor, the mighty God, who is our true hero. But this prophet in the 7th century B.C. anticipated the New Testament confirms. Because the Messiah would be fully God. He would have God's power. But to Isaiah, the, the amazing thing was that the Messiah would not only have the power of God, he would be the God of power. He would be power with us. Power made available to us to process life with. So Jesus is the mighty God helps us. What does he help us with? He helps us with the demands of life. 
He provides power and strength that enables us to navigate the realities of life. It was this that the Apostle Paul spoke of in Ephesians chapter 1 several weeks ago as we were working through Ephesians. We we looked at this passage of Scripture, but I want to come back to it this morning. And I want you to notice what Paul prays for you and I, for all believers. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 He says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably incomparably great power for us who believe. In other words, Paul says there's a power that's beyond comparison. There's nothing that compares to the power that God has available for those who get this, who believe in him. So if you're here today, And you believe in Jesus Christ as the crucified one who was resurrected. There's a power available, an incomparably great power available for you to process life with. So praise God for the baby that was born in Bethlehem. I don't want to make light of that miracle. But hear me, Christmas is so much more. It's this, it's El Gabor, the mighty God, who is present with you. To help you. Who is our mighty God? Three statements I want to leave with you this morning. Is our mighty God. First, Jesus takes care of the demands within you. How many of you know sometimes you can feel overwhelmed by the demands of life? Anyone ever feel that way? A couple times this past week, I was there. It was, you know, end end of December, this time of the year, it's evaluation time. And I get to do a lot about evaluations. It was like, I'd rather have a sharp stick in my eye. It is so challenging. A couple times I felt, wow, the demands are overwhelming. What do I need? I need mighty God. I need El Gabor. And we have a God present to, to help us with the demands within you. And the greatest demand within you that Jesus came to address was the demand of your sin. It's because of sin, we were separated from God. Because of sin, we were not able to connect in relationship with God, to live out the potential that he's placed in our lives, a sin problem. And here's the challenge with sin. You couldn't solve your own problem. You couldn't fix your own problem. You didn't have a solution for the greatest demand within you. Jesus, the mighty God, came to address the greatest demand that you have within you by becoming sin. For see, Jesus was perfect. He was without sin. But Jesus took on the sin of humanity as he died on the cross that we might today have our sin forgiven, that we might today have the privilege of living in a life-giving relationship with God. Why? Because Jesus came to address the greatest demand within us. Paul states it like this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. He says, God made him, being Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. As our mighty God, Jesus takes care of the demands within you that you might have life. John 10.10, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have life in abundance. But that's only possible if you embrace that of the reality of Christ as your Savior. 
It's not enough that Jesus was miraculously born. It's not enough that Jesus sacrificially died. It's not enough that Jesus supernaturally got up out of the grave. Every individual has to embrace that of the provision of Christ. And I actually believe that you can miss heaven by a foot. And the foot is the difference from your head to your heart. It's having knowledge, but not embracing the reality of that that can transform your heart. So Jesus, the mighty God, came to, to deal with the demands within you, not only your sin. It doesn't, it doesn't stop there. Jesus also came to, I believe, help us address the, 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 the fears and the anxiety of life. Because Jesus came, we don't have to face our inner struggles alone, but he's present to help us. So we don't have to be worn out by the worry and anxiety because Jesus is present to counsel us, to encourage us, to bring us peace. You know, so many times, so many times we get stressed and pressed and, and anxious because, because we focus on the issue at hand, the problem that we're facing, instead of focusing on the one who can solve the problem. And we allow the thing that we're facing to get so big that it, it, it stirs anxiety within us. What do we need to do? We need to shift our focus from the problem to the one who can solve the problem. To El Gabor, the mighty God. Rather than focusing on the problem, we need to focus on Jesus. To focus on him, to trust in him, to rest in him. So just as Jesus was present in Bethlehem, Some 2,000 years ago, as he became flesh and blood, so he's present today with you. As a follower of Jesus, you have Jesus, the mighty God, present to help you with the demands within you. Secondly, as our mighty God, Jesus takes care of the demands outside of you. So the demands within, sin, anxiety. But as El Gabor, Jesus is present to... To take care of the demands outside of you. One of my favorite stories in the New Testament is the feeding of the 5,000. It's one of the only miracles that Jesus performed that's, that's recorded in all four of the Gospels. But if you were to look to Mark's Gospel, Mark's account of the feeding of the 5,000, he says that Jesus and the disciples were wearied from the activity, the crowd, And they were trying to retreat to a place of rest, just so they could have some quiet, some downtime. So they're on their way to the retreat center, and the crowd figures out where they're going, and they actually arrive before Jesus and the disciples get to the retreat center. And the scripture tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion because of the needs of the people, and he began to teach them. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this in Scripture, but Jesus was not like some like short-winded communicator. Here's your little 30-minute sermonette. Uh, like, he was quite long-winded. Matter of fact, he kept going and going and going and, and starting to get late. Sun starting to set. And the disciples come to him and say, Jesus, it's like getting late, you know. Sun's going down, a lot of people. Why don't you send them away so they can get something to eat? Sounds like a great idea. And then Jesus says something pretty astounding to the disciples. He says, you feed them. All of a sudden, the disciples are feeling the pressure of a demand that's greater than they have the ability to take care of. And they begin to make excuses. They begin to backpedal. It's like, uh, 
Jesus, like we just uh, really quick, we did the math here. We know you're into theology. You're not into math a lot. So maybe you didn't get the numbers, but here's the numbers. Like if we're going to feed all of these people, it would take eight months wages. One man working eight months. But beyond that, like it's, it's, it's late and like we couldn't get all the food together. Like where were we going to get enough food? Even if we had the money, where would we get the food? Like Jesus, this is too much. The demand around us is too much. Jesus asked him, what do you have? They found a little boy, according to John's gospel, they found a little boy that had a sack lunch, five loaves and two fish. And Jesus took the little boy's lunch and he miraculously multiplied it to where there was enough food for the 5,000 men plus the women and children, so whatever that number would have been, that everyone had enough to eat. And then there were 12 basketfuls left over. I don't know if you've ever noticed that in the story. 12 basketfuls left over. Now, the scripture doesn't say this, so this is kind of like some of my own thinking and rambling. But possibly, possibly there was 12 basketfuls left over so that there would be a basketful for each disciple to remind them that Jesus can take care of the demands outside of them. Is that Jesus is more than enough to meet the point of need, whatever that point of need might be. So in the same Jesus that took the little boy's lunch and multiplied it to meet the demand of that moment is working for your good today. Don't miss that, friends. And that's what Christmas is all about. Not so much about the day, but the reality of God coming in the flesh. For the power of Jesus is working for you to help with the demands of your marriage, your home, your family, your work relationships, your finances, whatever you face in life. Listen, here's the good news. Whatever you face, and you will face challenges, folks. That's the reality. Whatever you face, you don't have to face it alone. Why? You have El Gabor. You have the mighty God present to help. Now we have a, a lady that's a part of our church family who's battling cancer. Four weeks ago, I was called to the hospice house because they called all the family in. And it looked like it was the end. It looked like um, we would be planning a funeral. Actually, that's kind of what I had in my mind as I was on the way to the hospice house. Met with the family. The next day, Pastor Paul went down, served communion to the family. This past Tuesday... The lady who was in the hospice house, and we were thinking, planning our funeral. This past Tuesday, her and her husband were present at the senior saints dinner, having the time of their life. Isn't that amazing? How did that happen? El Gabor, the mighty God, present. Now, this time last year, 2018, Christmas 2018, a gentleman who was unemployed and in a really difficult place, financially speaking, dealing with the pressure of unpaid bills, dealing with the pressure of how do I provide for my family. Fast forward from 2018 to Christmas 2019, he's gainfully employed. All the bills are paid up to date, and they are experiencing the amazing provision of El Gabor, the mighty one. There's a couple that I've been 
talking with, working with, who um, came to a crisis. Oftentimes that happens in marriage. This couple came to a crisis, and it seemed as if separation and divorce were inevitable. Like, I don't know how we get beyond this. I don't know how we, how we climb this mountain. Um, but the amazing thing is, as this couple set their focus on Jesus, and as they chose to give grace rather than demand judgment, God is totally restored. And if you were to ask them, they would say, our marriage is better today than it's ever been. How can that happen? Get this. El Gabor, the mighty God, who's present, present to help us with the demands, the demands that we, that we face in life, the demands outside of the reality of what we process in life. And the reality is, folks, if you haven't figured this out yet, in this world you will have trouble. That's what Jesus said. And it's true. Listen, we live in a fallen world. Someone asked me just this past week, Pastor, can you tell me why this has happened? I said, I'm sorry, I can't. The only answer I have is this. We live in a fallen world. And a fallen world, stuff happens. In the fallen world, people get hurt. In a fallen world, we see injustice play out. But here's the good news. We have El Gabor. Again, that's what Christmas is all about. We have El Gabor, the mighty God present with us. Well, not only does Jesus take care of the demands outside of you, he also takes care of the demands of those around you, and you get to be a part of Jesus' work. So now it's not only Christmas happening for you, it's the reality of Christmas that gets to happen through you. And when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, there was not only the miracle of you being made spiritually alive, because before Christ you were spiritually dead, right? You were, the Scripture says you were spiritually dead. You were without hope. So when you accepted Christ as your Savior, not only did you become spiritually alive, but there was a, a second miracle that happened in your life instantaneously, and it was this. You were indwelt by the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity came to reside in you. To manifest the ministry of Jesus through your life. So today, not only are you saved, get this, not only are you saved, but you're an ambassador of Christ. You are a representative. Paul says it like this. In 2 Corinthians 5.20 he says that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So according to this verse, you and I are living representatives of Jesus Christ. We have Christ in us so that we can live Christ through us. Interesting, in John fourteen twelve, Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me, We'll do what I've been doing and even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And as Jesus ascended to the Father, the Father sent the Holy Spirit to empower us, what? To do the ministry of Jesus, to be his living representatives. In Acts 1.8, the scripture says, Jesus said these words, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses, to be my living representatives. Where? On earth. 
Where? In your neighborhood. Where? In your workplace. Because of Christmas, we have not only El Gabor with us, we have El Gabor in us, we have El Gabor, the mighty God, working through us. So the power of Jesus is at work through you as he empowers you by the Holy Spirit. Get this, to serve the needs of those around you. Now, you can't save anyone on your own. You realize that, right? You can't. You can point someone to Jesus. You can direct someone to Jesus. But you can't save anyone on your own. Listen, you don't have saving powers. You can't heal anyone on your own. I'm sorry, in your limited human ability, it's not possible. Listen, you can't, transform, you can't transform someone's life on your own. But here's the good news. By the power of the Holy Spirit, because of the reality of El Gabor, the mighty God who is with us, all things become possible. See, Jesus can and will empower you to help take care of of the demands of those around you. And today you can have the privilege of operating in Jesus' power because of the miracle of Christmas. You have the mighty God who both lives in you and works through you to bring hope and help for those around you. So the good news for us today is that we have a power source available to us. We have Jesus, the mighty God, working for our good. It's in the Jesus that was born in Bethlehem, some 2,000 years ago, is Jesus the mighty God right now in your present reality? And he has all power and authority. No, no matter what you're going through today, listen, you can have hope because nothing is impossible with Jesus. Listen, if you feel powerless, take heart. That through Christ you are indwelt with the one who has resurrection power. If there's a situation you cannot find your way through, listen, keep relying on the God who would rather die than live without you. If you're facing an obstacle that's literally impossible, listen, keep trusting in the God who defies the impossible. And Christmas is all about Jesus the mighty God, El Gabor, who came to be with us, to help us. Isn't that good news? Would you pray with me? Lord, I thank you today for the wonder of the Christmas season. Lord, for all that it means to us, certainly we celebrate the incarnation. Certainly we celebrate the miracle that happened on that specific night, whatever the day was, in that little village of Bethlehem. We're not making light of that, Lord. We're grateful for that moment. But, Lord, we realize it was so much more than a moment. It's so much more than an event. It's so much more than a day. It's the reality of Christ, El Gabor, the mighty God who is with us. Holy Spirit, my prayer this morning, not only for myself, but for every individual here that you would you would write that truth deep in our minds. May the reality and the truth of El Gabor, the mighty God who is with us, may it, may it sink deep into our souls. May it change how we 
bit, change how we process life, to realize that every day we have El Gabor, the mighty God, present with us. Not just power up there in the heavenlies, but power manifested on the earth for us to live in and live out on a daily basis. Lord, every day may we live in that an expectation of that of your mind and your power. The one who spoke and the heavens came into existence. Wow. Billions upon billions upon trillions of stars. Who spoke and it just happened. And may the reality of your mind and power be that that marks our lives and how we process For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.